thank you for joining us for another edition of Halo Life. This is a special edition of joint venture of the Halo Life podcast with angelsnation.com where we are going to have discuss our experiences on the 60th anniversary of the Angels about the first 30 years of that franchise history and a beautiful place out in the desert of California town called Palm Springs. Oh yeah. This is the place where the Angels spent their first 30 years of their of their history. And me and Stu both have talked about this place since the we started doing the 60th uh, on 60 uh, podcast series. And it just seems so natural to, to get, give this some attention as we as we're celebrating uh, the, the entire history of the Angels. Stu, I, I want to thank you for for inviting me to be contribute to what you're doing at angelsnation.com with a series of stories covering the Palm Springs experience. Why don't we start there? Why don't you just uh, tell us uh, what you have going on over at angelsnation.com on the 60th anniversary with regards to Palm Springs and angels. Well, sure. You know, I got, I got a, first of all, uh, tip of the, hang on uh, tip of the, I got to give you a, tip of the halo because to be honest this was your idea uh we kind of you and i kind of talked about partnership about uh you know your podcast partnering with the website that i that i'm a managing editor of and you had a, a beautifully written story about your memories of uh your spring times going out there as a kid to palm springs and it really kicked me off to the fact that boy, do I ever have some really great memories. And I, I think I'll share those with you on another episode because these can get long-winded because I've got tons of them. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's in progress. It'll be published very soon. Your story is going to be published very soon. And it's wonderfully written, by the way. Thank you so much. I can't uh, praise your story enough. And I, I know that your fans who listen to your podcast will be happy to come over to uh, angelsnation.com and actually read your writing because it's a different it, it's a uh it's a it's the entire journalistic bill that you, you you bring to the table so uh it's a true partnership what we're doing here and uh in my mind it just expanded you know it's it is 60 years since the club was founded and i think about the fact that they started training out in uh palm springs 60 years ago and some of my fondest memories of my life were out there so I've been interviewing so many people, uh, not just yourself, uh, players, uh, Bobby Knopp, Bobby Gritch. I've got a phone call coming in uh, from Garrett Anderson, uh, Buck Rogers, Albie Pearson, Clyde Wright. You're talking about some of the legends of Angels baseball who, are, who will be featured in this series, along with yourself, along with myself, along with my sister, along with uh, legendary press figures like Ross Newhan, you know, who's in the Hall of Fame for his sports writing. Uh, Tim Mead, you know, the longtime Angels Vice President of Communications uh, and uh, now President of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Ed Munson, who is an official Major League Baseball scorer, who uh, in the 1970s was a gopher for those Angels teams and was going out to Palm Springs in the 70s. It's going to be wonderful, priceless stories, and it's a real special uh special treat. And I think about the times when I used to see Frank Sinatra out there, uh, you know, and uh, 
this is why I'm going to celebrate with a toast of wine. You know, spring has been sprung and a wonderful fling to be flung, <laughs> right? Okay, I can't sing right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sinatra was out there. The big stars were out there. So a little toast of wine of those days because it was, it's in our memory banks. And I think maybe young kids today don't really know how special it was for us back then. So why don't you let me know about your wonderful stories, which you did so beautifully in writing. Uh, let, the, let your listeners know about how, how it felt. Yeah, I'll just expand on, on kind of what I wrote about, because as I started just thinking through my memories of the former polo grounds, we knew them as, as Angel Stadium. That's what it was called before Edison Field and Anaheim Stadium took on that name. The original Angel Stadium was there at the Palm Springs. If you're looking for it on the map, it's between four cross streets and a park. Uh, and uh, it's called Sunrise Park that it's in the middle of, off East Baristo, uh, South Pavilion Way, Ramon Road, and South Sunrise. That's Those are the four, the four streets that make up that block. And yeah. the stadium itself was pretty basic. I mean, it was a small, intimate, intimate feeling. The backstop kind of curved around and covered just about to the dugouts. A little, a little beyond the dugout. So that was all you had as far as a formal structure for the stadium. And then you had the aluminum seats uh, that kind of went down the foul line just beyond like the infield. It was probably, you know, short uh-huh. outfield where they stopped. It didn't even go all the way out to the wall. So you know, it, was, it was real intimate. And um, and one of my memories, I mean, for, I think... For the kids who haven't... I'm sorry, Stu. Go ahead. Well, for the kids who haven't been out there, it was like a, it was kind of like a glorified high school field. I mean, if any kids around nowadays have ever been out to Blair Field in Long Beach, I would say that Blair Field today is probably a better complex than that was. It was really an actual humble place where we saw major leaguers. Yeah, it was more 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 humble uh, than than Blair Field or Goodwin Field at Fullerton. Those are more like spring training facilities to me, like to the modern spring training facilities. Yeah, it was more like it was more like a small college, even like a high school type type setting there. And as I was writing the story, I think some of the stories as I I started writing this stuff down, it probably seems and it made to the reader even seem unbelievable. The the kind of experience that you had, the kind of the, the folks that you came in contact with. But I have to say, even growing up, within 30 minutes of Anaheim stadium and, and, and going to, you know, at least 40 regular season games on, on average, probably a year that, that uh, my fandom really like was solidified in those, those weekends at Palm Springs. And, and, and I'll, I'll say it for one re- simple, re- couple, couple reasons. One, it, w- it really became a family venture. Mom came out for those, you know, it was, yeah. it was more, it was more the whole family. It wasn't just uh dad and me and and uh the grandparents would come you know had a, had, had uh, one set of grandparents that live up in the valley uh and another set of grandparents lived in upstate new york where they'd come out on vacation we'd all go out there um and and yeah it was it, you had this experience in the one thing you mentioned about this, this the field and the stadium the bleachers the batting cages were right behind the first baseline in the uh yep the, there and i i didn't even mention in my article one of the things i remember i got one of the highlights of my early fandom was in 1982 when reginald martinez jackson was signed by gene autry and 
I didn't remember distinctly oh, yeah. that this is the kind of access you had. Like, like he was in the batting cage. I think it was like, it was like Bob, Bobby Knopp or Bob Clear or someone, one of the coaches is throwing BP to him. And I mean, yeah. literally I was standing like outside the netting. And I was like looking right at Reggie Jackson, like less than like six, seven feet from him as he was behind the netting, taking BP yeah. and cursing up a storm as he, uh, as he wasn't pleased with whatever, whatever, however he was hitting the ball that day. But these, you know, I was a, I was a young and, you know, 11 year old, just like really looking up to, to uh, the Mr. October, you know, this guy was a, this guy was a celebrity beyond sports. And uh, you had that kind of access, you know, he came right out of the cage. He signed, I think he signed my media guide. I've got a slew of autographs in my, in my, uh, my collection and in in the, in the, the vaults here, but wonderful. But yeah, Wonderful. I mean, you had that access to players, uh, and then as an autograph seeker as a kid, uh, <laughs> you know, right now I know in Tempe the way the layout is, you may be lucky enough during the game to be down the right field line as the players start walking out and and and, and getting an autograph, or as they're leaving the practice fields and walking past the the metal gates, they might stop and, and sign, sign your autograph. That's, that's like your access there. Mm-hmm. Palm Springs, the players didn't have a private lot. You know, they had, there were, there were parking lots throughout Sunrise Park, somewhere down on the South side off Sunrise, somewhere over on the North side off Burita, but they all were just like normal parking lots, not gated. And the mm-hmm. players had one way to leave to get to their cars and it was right behind the stadium, just like it, just like they had one way out. in, one way out, baby. That was it. So as an autograph seeker, I mean, they had to get past you, and and most of them are cordial. Some of them were in a hurry, you know. People have plans, whatever. <laughs> but you would have all kinds of experiences. I remember Doug DeSensei's one year. You know, everybody's everybody's looking for Doug's autograph, and and they've got their they've got their pens. I was trying to find a pen. They've got their pins with their, uh, with the item they want autographed and the pins are all like up in their, up in the face, you know, like with, with whatever they're autographing. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, it's hordes of kids. And I remember the sensei saying, guys, 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 just, if you could take a step back, you know, look at my arms. And he had like, uh, just, just ballpoint <laughs> ink all over his arms, but it, it, it yeah. took him to that point before he actually said something. Um, good guy. Douglas sensei was great. Reggie, like I said, a lot of times you you wouldn't you would have a hard time as a seeker getting Reggie's autograph. Sometimes you'd be you'd be in a hurry and bolt. But one thing that stuck out and I put in the story was on one particular day, right behind the entrance main entrance behind home plate, you there was one of those those uh, bike racks that was kind of circular. You know, you had you slide your bike in uh, yeah, there. Yeah, I remember it. And uh, I remember Reggie. It started getting hoarded as you'd imagine by by just all the all these fans and he took it into upon himself instead of dodging them and just bolting he said here's what i'm gonna do fellas if you create a straight line get the single file line i'll sit here and, and sign your autographs right. and, he, and he sat there leaned up against that bike rack and I, I mean i got in line i probably waited five minutes got his autograph and then was waiting for other players looking over periodically, it was probably 30 to 40 minutes before Reggie finally signed that last autograph. I and mean, just the line got down to the last person. He signed the last autograph and uh, went on his way, you know, but 
just great memories, great times. I mean, I'll never forget. My grandparents aren't here. My dad's no longer here. Just great memories to be able to go back and, and think about the times right. that we spent there. Uh, one other thing I remember really stood out to me, um, uh, Paul Molitor. Sometimes you see the opposing players. You, you got connected with a lot of the Angels, Gary Pettis, oh, yeah. Schofield, Lane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the one that really stood, a couple of members took out, Paul Molitor was with the Brewers. I think it was 83. It was probably the year after the Angels lost to them. And I remember that, you know, the visiting side, visiting team was on the third base side. And I recall going up to him trying to get his autograph, but it was probably 10 minutes before the game started. And, you know, Mr. Molitor always said, you know, always called him Mr. Show respect. Mr. Molitor, can I have your autograph? And he just looked at me and said, right now it's just too close to the game. I can't do that. But he looked down on the ground and got picked up a baseball and tossed it above the fence, which probably about a 10 foot chain link fence there between, uh, between the field. And I, I still have that ball to this day. Uh, and this was like his third or fourth year in the majors. You know, I had no you idea clean he was going to be a future hall of famer. Um, but yeah, you, you get to meet Ryan Sam, uh, Ryan Sandberg and Dawson when the Cubs came to town, Tony Gwynn, when the Padres came to town, Robin Yount. Um, and of course you had the Reggie's, the Don Sutton's, the, uh, the uh, Rod Carew's all Hall of Famers. Yeah, these are these are all, all the Hall, Hall of, Famers of Famers I'm mentioning. Yeah, and then and then one thing I remember is uh, you know I always get my baseball cards autographed. My brother was a Cubs fan. He's the oddball. I don't don't, don't know why, but he became a Cubs fan. And in in 1985, the year after the yeah. Cubs had that big '84 year, there was a uh, Fleer did a WGN. baseball. Card. Yeah, but Fleer. Uh, did a yeah. on their card set had a team photo card for the 1984 uh national league east champion cubs so i had that card and i was you know and uh jim fry was was still the was a cubs manager in 84 he was there so i thought oh this would be kind of cool get jim fry to sign it and uh he did and later dallas green the general manager for the team was in the stands that day watching the game i approached him he was kind enough to sign it. So I had the GM and the manager sign this. And uh, I don't know if it was before the game. I think it was before the game. I think it was between batting practice and beginning of the game. Harry Carey walked by and was right there along the first baseline. He must have been doing interviews on the field and well, he was well, going to go up the press hey, box. I gotta, and, and I got a third. I got I'm the trifecta on this card. And I got Harry, I got, I got yeah. Harry Carey to sign this card. So I had this card where he signed the back. Unfortunately, I can't display it because it's a Harry's signature on the back with Fry and, 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 and Dallas Green on the, on the, on the front, but just great experience. You'd see those guys. I remember Stu Nahan, uh, Keith Oberman was a channel yeah. five at the time. All those guys would just kind of be hanging up behind at the top level hanging. I remember seeing Oberman and, and Stu Nahan just kind of hanging out there in the sun, watching these games. It was a very relaxed yeah. atmosphere. And Gene Autry was oh, always yeah. right there. Gene Autry would be sitting in the bleachers, and he'd always come right out. You had you had no problem meeting Gene Autry. Uh, a lot of you know, of course, he was legend no. with all all generations of fans that were there. Um, and uh, great time. Well, his, one last place in American history. Absolutely, Audrey's absolutely. In American history, it's secure. And then my mom, yeah, not just an Angels owner. 
my one last memory on on, a, on Palm Springs and opposing that this is a once in a lifetime and probably if, if what I've told you already doesn't sound unbelievable, um, it was probably around 85, 86 again, the Cubs were in town and, and they were playing, they were playing the angels there. And we were out during the game looking for, for the starters to come out and get, get their autographs from both dugouts there on the left side or the right side for the visitors or, or her angels. And Ernie Banks comes out of the, the Cubs clubhouse. He's you know, of course retired hall in the hall of fame at this point. And, you know, everybody's looking to get Ernie it's Banks autograph. I had a baseball that I had, I, I had, I don't have it with me, but I had a baseball. I probably had a dozen signatures at least on it already. And, and I wanted to get Ernie Banks on it. So I'm the last guy to approach Banks. And, you know, he, he realizes that and says, hey, I'll, I'll sign your autograph if you do something for me. And he goes, follow me. And, you know, the, the, really? the uh, parking lot to, to Burrito Road was just, uh, just up a, up a ways from the, uh, that visitor's clubhouse. So I followed him, mm-hmm. you know, and by then I wasn't alone. You know, it was a couple other kids with me too. He pop open the trunk of his rental sedan and there's a, a, a golf ball, uh, a, a set of clubs and a Cubs bag. It says Mr. Cubs on it, Mr. Cub on it. And he asked me, can you just do me a favor and help me carry these clubs back to the, the clubhouse? So I caddied wow. uh, Mr. Cubs yeah. uh, clubs from his sedan back to the, uh, back to the, uh, the Cubs clubhouse. And uh, he signed my ball once I got, once I got the, the clubs to the door. So uh, that's my uh, my brush of with greatness in in the legend of uh, of Ernie Banks. And what a, great, a fantastic great, memory! Great people, and I know you worked in the media. You you've mentioned your stories where, where you you've gotten to know good people in the clubhouses and stuff. You would be able to find the good people and see the good side or the bad side of of these players in Palm Springs because. They really had no choice but to to deal with the fans, either the right way or well, you know, right. try to avoid them altogether. In Palm Springs, uh, BJ, it was so relaxed. I don't think we ever saw the bad side of a player. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I've got I've got a notebook full of wonderful memories to share with you. Maybe we'll do that on the next episode here. Uh, and I'd love to go through some of my special memories because it was always a special trip. I'd love that to do my own memories with you. I, I never was an autograph seeker, but uh, my memory, uh, not many things fall out of it. And I've, I've got some wonderful memories of spring training to share with you too. But uh, I would I would definitely uh, encourage all Angels fans or all, all uh, followers of Halo Life podcast to head on over to angelnation.com uh, because you'll see some of the nicest writing you'll, you'll ever want to see from B.J. Martin on there. Uh, basically leading off our, our column series, very important column series about uh, Palm Springs and that experience. Uh, we're not talking about Arizona on angelnation.com. We're talking about Palm Springs only. And uh, you wrote an excellent column there, B.J. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. Thank you for allowing me to share my memories on this podcast. And I look forward to the next edition where we we get into to more of your memories and, and sharing those as well on the Halo Life sure. podcast, but as well uh, to the angelsnation.com fans as well. So 
appreciate everybody who's joined us for this meeting, this this podcast. I, I look forward to uh, to sharing on the on the, the future Palm Springs edition of the podcast. If you like this this podcast and you're on YouTube, make sure you like it. If you're listening to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or one of the other um, podcast providers, please please share it with your your friends. And and don't forget, life is precious. Tomorrow's yeah, not promised. And live your life nine innings at a time. Yeah.